<laughs> Thank you for that. So, Arcia, newly elected CSM 17, as well as you were just on CSM 16, Faction Warfare representative. I was the glorious ascended loser of CSM 16 and a half, and yes. I managed not to lose for CSM 17. Yeah, you were number one on my ballot, so I'm really glad you got it because I feel personal accomplishment, even though I was like three votes. So I just, I just want you to know that. I mean, I appreciate your three votes. I did well in CSM 16 election, and I obviously did very well in the CSM 17 election. And for the most part, I small ganged it over the finish line. So a lot of, a lot of little three vote groups help a lot. No, that's awesome. You definitely yeah. deserve it. I'm excited for you though, because we're we're talking faction warfare, which like I said, I consider you an expert in. I also consider you just like a lore role player expert, but then also someone who does really obscure small gang things. So I never see you as like the optimizer where you're like theory crafting the best fit ever. But you're like, you know what? Why can't I use auto cannons on this gun? And then you go so, out. Right? I spend a lot of time in Pypha, so maybe that view isn't a hundred percent accurate. So. So you are just an elite small ganger theory crafter. You just don't show it. I mean, it's it's hard to answer this question because I don't always go to like min maxing, but I obviously plan to win the fight, right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of the thing about small ganging though is engageability is definitely a thing. So not bringing the very best ship has a lot of pros in that. If I'm fighting over a structure timer, I'm bringing my best. Yeah, because then the goal is the objective, not not the fight or whatever. But yeah, engageability is definitely a thing on not a, not like big objective fights, right? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I I consider you the, the like the local small gang like subject matter expert of CSM 17, if that's the way you can say it. So I'm, I'm stoked for you. I feel like a lot of people look at you and say, oh, no, lore. And it's like, no, Arcea represents so much more. And so I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Some lore, but also other things, too. I mean, there's there's people who don't like me and there's peop- a lot of people who do like me. Obviously, I got elected. So, yeah, haters going to hate. We also I completely forgot. Gerg is here. Gerg, I know you're on camera, but not with your face. Can you say something? Good morning. Well, actually, it just stopped being morning, so good afternoon. All right, and welcome. Thank you for joining us. I know you want morning to- enough. I just woke up. Yeah. Honestly, so did I. Clearly, we are not morning people, despite being on a morning talk show. Morning or talk show. But yeah, Gerg, I know at some point you wanted to discuss some things in the news unrelated to the lore background faction warfare. But we, we can get to those later in the show right now. I know I know. number one on our agenda is these males that came out. And I, I being a faction warfare like newbie and not really involved in a lot of this, have never seen mail from NPCs that wasn't like, I'd say cookie cutter mail, like, oh, somebody in your court biomassed or whatever. So, Arcia, do you want to do you want to kick us off with those mails? I'm assuming they're legit, and that it's a oh, they're they're legit. They're from NPCs. They went out to the Galente and the Kaldari militias. The NPCs appear to be newly created. Obviously, if you look at their background, it's not an NPC background. They show a lot of stuff that would make you like do a double take. 
because like some NPCs are like hired hundred like a hundred years ago because the character is that old because people live a lot longer in New Eden with medical advancements and like implants to extend life. But I think these two officers from the Galente and the Caldari are not that old, but they're they're legit NPCs. And it's in regard to the system of Athanon in Placid. So Athanon is a dead end in the Caldari Galente faction warfare. Kind of like on the ass end of it. It's in Placid. It is, I believe, the only Triglavian minor victory in Placid. This this fact is important. So during the invasions, this system, which is not a blue or specific type yellow star, was invaded. And the Triglavians won that system, making it a minor victory. The Triglavians use these systems. They call it the Forest of Glorification. They use it as resource gathering and like a base in, in case space kind of. Said it's, it's part of the war zone, flips back and forth between who has major control of the system between the Galente and the Keldari, like the, who has space superiority in the system. Placid is historically a Galente region. When back in early April, we first got a news bit saying that Fedmal Marines encountered Triglavians on the surface of Athanon 6, I believe. Yeah, the first line was Triglavian forces encountered on the surface of Athanon 6 by Federal Marines. Edencom describes incident as disturbing. And this was just a little blurb in a news article that released in, in early April. Is the this next like a scope article? Yes, yes. Okay. I, you want me to link all these in the podcast? If you want, yeah. Yeah. And then maybe Nick can show it for the audience. All right, I put the first two in. The second one came out and said Fedmar, the Fedmar Marines engaged the Velis Clade in a substantial raid. Like the, the Velis Clade was raiding the planet of Athenon 6 with a substantial force. And then Edencom deployed like a reactionary force to the constellation in response to the raid. And this was like the next day, I believe. So if you go to that system in Tranquility, can you find Edencom or is it still just like Triglavians in PC? So right now there is, I'm, I'm getting to it, but there, at the moment there is an Edencom structure that is cloaking and decloaking. And um, in May, the Caldari flipped the system to take, take space superiority control via the faction warfare mechanics. Like the players flip the system, so Caldari have the... Uh, control of the system at the moment and so there's Kaldari Navy NPCs around this Edencom structure and given the orders from that NPC you were talking about they're engaging yeah. anybody who is not of the state Navy or the state militia so this is this is important it's basically Kaldari state surrounding this Edencom structure and telling everybody else to screw off. And that's if, but if you're in faction warfare, you're safe if you approach, or is that no cap? It says that the Kaldari state militia, in, in 
obviously I, I'm not in the state militia, so I haven't tested it, but according to the mail, it, they shouldn't be shooting the state militia. Oh, so this is yeah. like, but they would still, because Amar is aligned with the Kaldari, but they're not state militia. So if you pull up the actual mail, it says authorized corporations are Kaldari, Navy, and State Protectorate. So the Amar militia is aligned with the Kaldari militia, but according to the NPC's mail, it says the Kaldari Navy and the State Protectorate are the two authorized entities. So That's interesting. I don't know so, if I've like, seen that. There's been a number of people who scienced it, but it's 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 quite odd behavior because even if you're like positive to Kaldari and not in the militia that they they'll like shoot you. Yeah, I'm just calling out a lot of this because I'm I'm so used to like normal faction warfare stuff where it's like Amar and Kaldari are okay, like the state police, even like flying around and defending or attacking plexes in faction warfare space. So this is interesting to me. But yeah, so I distracted you. So it flipped. It flipped to Kaldari. Edencom came in. So then, then what happened next with the NPCs? Or I guess maybe even the players. Right. Well, then we got the reports of the mysterious cloaked station in Athenon. This is before the NPCs mentioned anything. And when it first came up, you saw, you saw the Kaldari Navy, but they weren't like shooting everybody yet, right? There's like a big article, if you want to read it, about Edencom sending, about the Edencom sure being discovered in orbit and it's like cloaking and uncloaking it's an old model that was like teased during the invasions and everybody wanted to see it come to fruition as like a is like a, a microstructure of some sort but they're using it again for for this so most of the this this is the biggest of the news articles so far i believe with a whole section dedicated to the the Edencom structure. Okay. Right now, I, there's a lot of push to go for the the system of Athenon by the NPCs. I think a lot of fight since since the system is at the end of a, a little pipe. I think a lot of the fighting is happening not in Athenon itself, but like in the systems leading up to it, because it is in a really inconvenient spot, right? For a lot yeah. of people. So you're saying there's a bunch of gate cams for all the people trying to check it out. There myself, I've had I've had people in like my alliance go there and I've had there's like a lot of RPers showing up there, so it, it is a prime spot for gate cams. I would I would forewarn. No, that is, that is good to know. All right, so NPCs are pushing it, but like are players really doing it or are they cuz I I don't know much I mean, about I mean NPCs the- aren't pushing it, pushing it, but they're yelling at the players to push it. And I do believe a lot, a lot of the players are getting interested in it. Okay. The statistics. Yeah, I'm looking at Dotland that Nick's showing is just showing like bright red. It seems pretty stable at the moment. Like I said, like I've, I've definitely heard a lot of the fighting is in the systems leading up to it at the moment. It didn't seem to go higher than 3% according to Dotland. Okay. That that's crazy. So why 
Does anyone know like why this system over any? Because I know you talk a lot of we've we've had tons so of shows of the Lord on Twitch, CCP Swift, not Twitch on Reddit. CCP Swift said it wasn't an accident in a thread complaining about the location of the the NPC objective. Basically, I mean the most obvious thing is that it is the Triglavian minor victory, and they can use that to instill conflict with like Triglavians landing on the planet and Edencom deploying to it and and all that. It is the only Triglavian minor victory in Placid, I believe. And it's it's a weird dead end. I don't know of anything else from long ago that happened there. So beyond those those facts, I'm not quite sure if there's anything big about the planet or the system. Okay. That's just, it just seems so random, I guess. Because you mentioned, you also called it out because you said it was a, a system the Triglavians invaded, but it didn't have a blue or yellow star, which I think when Triglavians first invaded, it was based on the star of the plant or of the system, right? So in the Triglavian invasions, chapter three, Triglavians invaded systems of all star types, but if it was a blue star or a specific class of yellow star, and the Triglavians won, it went liminal and eventually would become Pochven if the Triglavians pushed it to final liminality. Okay. For the other types, whichever side won, be it Edencom or Triglavians, got a minor victory instead of a, in the case of Triglavians, a liminality, or in the case of the Edencom, a fortress. So... Okay. In addition to the 27 systems of Pachven and the 50-something fortresses that Yincom won, there's 28 minor victories for the Triglavians and like 80-something for the Yincom. So these are the systems where you're, if you're running around, you'll see like it's not Pachven and it's not a fortress, but there might be rats, like a lot of rats on the gate because there'd be gun stars and wear posts. And uh, people, you've heard of people complaining about the Triglavian gate camps yes. and, getting, and getting wrecked. They have, um, they have the gate guns and they're really annoying. Yeah. And people shoot the guns to get the NPCs to come to the gate and they kill everything that has bad standings. Like yeah. there's the big Edencom one in Bay that, that is always on the way to the Jeter. But yeah, this is a Triglavian minor victory and you'll see Triglavians around the system. Okay, okay. And somebody, so someone in chat, Lorelite, saying now might be a good time to mention that a lot of the initial gains are made by a small group of our peers to secure Kaldari interests. That is, that is true. When the Kaldari flipped it, it was a lot, a lot of the reason they flipped it is because of a small RP group in the Kaldari militia that went there because of the news articles about Triglavians landing on the planet. There, I, it's what, it, their name is like the 103rd Sublimation. Let me look up the exact name of the group. So that's interesting then that, because you talked about how like it probably wasn't that big of a system. People probably didn't Yeah, 103rd attention. Sublimation Group. It's a Caldari militia. It's a small Caldari militia group that focuses on RP. They have a relationship with Streetbogclade. Oh, okay. And, yeah. So like they have a really really invested Caldari RP 
Ramilia Malsha in, in the group, as well as some, oh, there are peers too, but Ramilia is like very prominent. And they, they really went hard on Athanon to flip it to Kaldari. Because they want they want control to see their their trig friends, right? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that's just interesting then, because it's like this random system, and until the NPCs start asking folks for it, people just probably didn't pay attention too much. For ch- Chapster and Chap RP is role player. Yes, yes. So those who do actions based on their in-game character and the story they've created with their in-game character. Yeah. Like I said, I think a lot of the fighting is in the pipe leading up to it. So that's like Alp Arena and such. So if so, there's this Eden Comp structure. Triglavians are yeah. attacking on planets or doing raids on planets. So then what happens next? I'm assuming there's going to be a fight between Eden Comp and Triglavians then? Well, this is not the only place in the cluster where Eden Comp and like Triglavian stuff is flaring up flaring up tensions between the empires. This is the one in faction warfare space, but there's another in non-faction warfare space too, in the Amar system of art. And I think these two are very connected and what are leading us into the first storyline arc as announced in FanFest. Okay. So for those who don't know, Eve is moving in a direction where it's going towards running storyline arcs kind of like as a replace for quadrants where like a lot of the developments and new stuff in the game is going to be introduced through mediums such as like storytelling kind kind of like the same way we got like the confessor and the sweeple and the and the Hikate and the jackdaw there'll be a lot of like storyline events where like players have like an impact on like Things like the order of which we get ships or when we get ships and how the story progresses and when stuff is released. And that's kind of like what they got at during FanFest. Yeah. But um, in the Amar Empire, there's a system called Arshat. And Arshat is very notable in that during the invasions, it was the only system for either side to be pushed to the second stage for one side and then back flipped to the other side. So it was pushed to first liminality, which means the Triglavians came in and they won the first, the first stage of the fight and the system dropped from high sec to low sec. And then Eden calm came in and I was, I was directly a part of part of this came in and we worked all night to flip it back to Edencom control and secure the system. So it's a fortress and it has a one of the the star like the what is it? The, the Triglavian, the, the big beam that shot the star and oh yeah, uh, okay. And basically corrupted the star. But so they have a captured stellar transmuter. That's the word I'm looking for so early in the morning. And the Armar Empire is basically fortifying around this transmuter that was captured with international efforts with big military bases and the other nation, some of the other nations, especially those hostiles of the Amara, are going, what the hell is this? 
this is an in, this is won by international efforts, and we need it for research for international purposes to reverse the systems in Pajvan. So we can learn from the stellar transmuter we captured. It's the only one we captured. And I expect, I don't know, but I expect that this is going to be one of the primary conflict drivers on the Amar side, Amar and Minmatar, unless something else pops up in the other war zone, which doesn't have a lot of Triglavian victories. So it has some Eden Calm victories, like there's a minor victory in Oyster. So I think maybe that's why they went with Arshat for like the Amar drama system and Athanon for the Kaldari and Glente drama system. I kind of like the Amar drama though, because yeah. that feels very, instead of it being like this outside force, it feels very like inner turmoil, which is kind of, I mean, that's kind of why we have faction warfare. I mean, that's true, but the problem with Arshat is right now it's a high sex system. So unless people start dropping structures and declaring war on each other, you're, you're unlikely to see too much explode. And it's not that people haven't dropped structures and declared war on each other over news reports in HiSec before. Like the Becca was totally a thing where that happened. But I just wonder if I haven't seen anything so far that would elicit that reaction so, like, I kind of really like the low-sec objective. If we're going into, like, a, a, like an arc of, of conflict drivers to get people into space shooting each other. But we'll see where they go. Like, they could definitely do something where people are declaring war on each other in our shot. Yeah, that would be interesting, too. Nick, Nick is making a comment. For those in chat, he cannot talk. So he says the Amar versus Mimitar drama feels more visceral and personal, whereas Galente and Kaldari is more like a slap fight between siblings. I mean, it's it's complicated. Like, there's a lot of Kaldari who really feel that the Galente are not just, not like a sibling, but like actually an existential threat who is like a big, bad imperialist who had control of the homeworld for so long because for those who don't know, Kaldari Prime is in the same system as uh, Galente Prime, right? And for the longest time, Kaldari Prime was just like not fully controlled by the Kaldari until like there was a big battle where players were in space and like a Titan got whelped because there was a Titan sitting over Kaldari Prime for the longest time to protect it. It was, there's a lot of drama on that side. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't just discount it as, oh, it just, it's kind of a slap fight. Both, both the conflicts are pretty heated. No, oh, no, that's good. That's a good, uh, I, I kind of like the analogy, even though it's probably inaccurate. I yes. mean, there, there's room for interpretation from like, on, on like pretty much everything in the game. That's one of the beautiful parts about the lore. It's not always cut and dry. Yeah, agreed. So so we kind of talked about, oh, thank you, Nick, for the gifted subs. When we were talking about next steps, or I guess like what the future holds with this, and I think we're still still kind of up in the air. There may be something for the Amara Mimitar, there may be not. But you're, you're kind of hinting this is going for the arc that CCP is going to be leading to. 
I know CCP is usually quieter in the summer with their updates and, and whatnot, but I'm guessing we may see more of this coming in the fall. So maybe like the August, September timeframe. Yeah, I think this is the, f the first event in the series of events that they'll be using to start that faction warfare rework that they talked about. Well, I think what I just linked in the podcast goes to say Gerg is, is pretty much right. If you look, this is the newest news article that has the communications given by the two NPCs for anybody who wants to read them both. And it talks about not just Athenon, but how diplomatic tensions at Concord are kind of going going south, right? So the four empires work and legislate and communicate through the body of Concord. Concord is basically the legislative body that prevents the entire universe from being at total war. The militia wars are a limited war governed by a treaty through Concord, the, the Concord Emergency Militia War Powers Act, right? So a lot of these diplomatic tensions being heightened, I think is probably just to clear the way for changes to that act, which is faction warfare updates, right? Like, Changes to the Concord Emergency Militia War Powers Act would lore-wise coincide with mechanical changes for faction warfare. Ah, oh, that makes sense. And then this is where they'd also introduce, like, what was it, the heraldry system where you could fight for a faction and not be part of it? I'm guessing that's... So, so you're thinking of the Allegiance faction? Yeah, The Allegiance, Allegiance system, which was something that was announced during FanFest that'll allow people to declare allegiance for a faction. And I think part of the reason for this is to let people who maybe are in a corporate alliance that they really like still enter individually faction warfare. And it's really important how they implement this because there's a lot of janky mechanics with being in an alliance or being in a corp and who you can shoot at, when you can shoot at them, and and all sorts of stuff that could be used to game game the system if, if it's not not implemented right. So th this is the Allegiance system is going to be monumental, and it's, it's really imperative that it it's done right. Oh yeah, that that's a good call. I'm curious because this all, it just reminds me. I'm gonna circle it back to where I know things. Like, I remember the Alliance tournament and you could hire mercenaries. This is going to be like the factions hiring mercenaries. Like, instead of being like, oh, you have to join us and fight, it's, hey, we'll just hire you and pay you to fight. And I think, I think that's good. I'm excited for it in the game. Yeah, I think it's going to add a I think if done right, and I, I think it, it will be done right, CCP Aurora is great. She, I've been, I've been talking to her a bit and she, she's passionate and she definitely, knows her stuff so it's it's something that i'm excited about and yeah i think it will bring a lot of life to regions of space that maybe have needed it for a while yeah that's good so i know i feel like we covered this really quickly but it's really like 30 minutes into the show did we miss something with with this fighting 
in this lore, kind of this area around faction warfare. I'm not sure. I feel like we, we went through it quickly, so I'm, I'm trying to make sure we didn't miss anything. I'm watching our... Oh, you have to push to talk. I can't hear you. Hello? Hello? All right. Well, yep. I think we pretty much went through the main points of everything right now. I linked most of the articles that go into some depth about some of the specifics, like the Triglavians and the escalating tensions in Concord in the podcast, and you can link those to people. But I, I think the, the main points have been hit. Okay. I did link the latest one. I'll link the others. I don't know if that was what we were doing. I mean, the latest one is the most important. Like, a lot of the others are just, like, it's the, the build-up build where there's like, an, there's, like, a mention, then there's, like, another mention. and Yeah. And Lorelai in chat is saying, it's worth mentioning the empires have been openly confirmed to be doing diplomatic stuff with the Treglavian clades. So, a lot of what the, if you remember last year during the the various faction holidays like Federation Day, and yeah. Min, there were proving ground events where, like for the Minmatar one, you went and you shot each other in the proving grounds with rifters, for example. Those things were not, I mean, they were a part of a game, but they were also in character wise actually because there was diplomatic contact between the Triglavians and the various empires, like like Minmatar reaching out to Prune Clade or vice versa and setting up this Rifter FFA in the in the whatchamacallit, in the Proving Grounds. Because the Proving Grounds are run by the Prune Clade in of the Triglavian Collective. And it's not a mistake that they accidentally do like an Enyo one during Galante Day. Federation Day and a Rifter one during during Liberation Day and an Omen one during Foundation Day. That is because the Empires do talk to the Triglavians. Right now, as of right now, they're they're unlikely to be on friendly terms, but they are definitely talking. There's definitely diplomatic contact at this point. And it would be impossible for there not to be. The Velis Clade raid on Athanon 6 was very strange. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, landing on planets and and raiding like that, especially outside of, like, the first couple encounters with the Triglavians way back when where, like, people were abducted and, like, bioadapted bio and, like, returned. And that was probably, like, to test to see if they could bioadapt them before going on and to create Pochfen and making sure that the people could still live there after after the stars returned to Pochfen. That's like a weird thing though, right? Because like when you raid, that usually means you want some, right? You need supplies or whatever. Or you're just there to kill people. Well, why, why would Triglavians come to K-Space and try to get supplies? So, like I said, the minor victory is they call it the Forest of Glorification. They are specifically for resource gathering. Like they have limited amount of resources in their home abyssal space and limited amount of resources in pot. They have little entrenched hunting grounds in these minor victories where they can, can, they can gather other resources. I personally believe, and this is just out of my butt, 
this is not anything other than my own speculation, but I think they need some amount of biomass, like biomatter, kind of like the drifters do. But that's that's not anything out, out, out of my own, like, nearly baseless speculation based. Well, maybe not entirely baseless, I think, but based on, like, the fact that they they have captured people and they, they are raiding a planet, right? Yeah. That seems rather suspicious. But yeah, that's not something confirmed. I know that's, that's something a lot of people disagree with, like, vehemently, but that's something I think. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see when the when the art kind of fully takes shape or we kind of get to the end to see where, where all the speculation ends up and whatnot. Yeah. It's hopefully going to be a really, really interesting ride. And I, I honestly can't wait till the next steps and some of the first changes that were announced in FanFest going, going through. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really glad you're on CSM to kind of like champion this stuff too and kind of be like the biggest voice for feedback about it. Yeah, like if if faction warfare changes weren't announced during FanFest, I wouldn't have run again. I'm, I'm honestly wouldn't have. But they were, and I did. And it worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. So I don't know. I'm I'm still watching chat. I don't see any more questions or thoughts. I don't know, Gerg, if you have any. I th- I think that's all all that I can think of to cover. Alrighty, I don't know if RC, you have any final thoughts or we can shift topics. That's your call. I mean, I'm fine mostly with, with shifting topics. I, I think there's it's still in a stage where like a lot of it is speculation. I I would encourage if you're really interested in what's going on there, or at least you want some targets to shoot, maybe head over that over over that way and help help set fire to that pipe. All right, I'm going to type it in chat for folks. But yeah, I feel like we when we talk about lore and faction warfare stuff, it's always like after the fact of everything happens. And it was like, oh, there was all this stuff. That's so cool. And now we're like talking about it kind of as it's happening or in the middle. So Yeah, we are kind of at like the early to middle stages, I, I think. It's not like covering something that happened years ago and we have all the information at this point. Do we expect the Amar and Minotaur militias to do a an equivalent event, or will they have a a different event that has a I guess so, a similar thing or something like that? So, like right now, like I said, right the main point of contention right now in Amar space is over the stellar transmuter. And as of yet, I haven't seen anything pop up in the Minotaur Amar Warzone. I I would be happy if something did because i'm not sure that i will have to see where our chat goes but i'm not sure that it's going to be something that inspires uh in its current form i'm not sure that it's going to inspire like high sec vortex over it so we'll see where our chat goes and where the amar minmatar conflict goes in that direction i think maybe a point of difficulty is that there's not a lot of there's not any like Triglavian victories in the Minotaur or Morozon. I, I believe there's a couple. There's an Edencom victory in Oyanata, but that Warzone was largely untouched. 
most of the invasions timed out because unlike the Kaldari, the Minmatar and the Amar both could fight the Triclavians. Yeah, the Kaldari rats were weird. It, by weird, you mean they were horribly underpowered. The yeah. Amar ones were overpowered. The Amara ones were overpowered. The Minmatar and the Galente fought about evenly. And the Kaldari were just a joke. Yeah, that was partly because of missile damage mechanics. Like, I was part of a group of people yeah. who were cheesing those the Kaldari sites in Confessors and Purifiers. Yeah, because they had 0% Yammers at first. You could just kill the Dread with the Confessors. And because of yeah. missile damage mechanics. They don't have webs. They, yeah. they, have, they had one web on the Curious. The Kirin, you mean? Or the, the oh, yeah, Kirin. Kitsune, or... Kitsune, Kitsune. You're right, you're right, you're right. Kitsune. What? And application of missiles on afterburner armor frigates is not that high. Yeah. And they would all ECM the same target. Classic. Thanks, NPCs. NPCs behaving like players. Boom! <laughs> Gosh, that'd be the most radical change ever. And I'm saying they already are when they all ECM on the same target. Everybody point the primary, right? Yes. Or like where you where you damp the lodgy that are all sitting on top of the fleet so it doesn't even freaking matter. Are you tracking disrupt the lodgy? That's my favorite, watching new players tracking disrupt my lodgy ship. Like, bro, I don't got guns. What are you doing? How can you guard them now, Guardian? <laughs> <laughs> That's what rats do, too. Rats cheat. I still think rats are the worst. Like, rat, I always say rats are worse than players because they never make mistakes. They just do their programming. I mean, in the Amar Minmatar Warzone, there was a big fight in Asset the other day. Shameless plug. Is that where you were at? But yeah, that was the one I linked in the show notes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where Phoenix Naval Systems and us, Alexis Matari, and Lumen attacked a localist primary structure. And there was a, a pretty big fight. Localist primary came out ahead. Like 120 billion lost, like 70 to 50 with a couple ships not showing up on either side. Really, really fun fight. Came out of uh, LIP hitting a PNS structure came out at a bad time for them and then we went back and hit them and there's some drama over that because lumen was involved they're blue with pns and there's been hostilities between them and localist primary and lumen is a amar roleplay group localist primary is the majority of the amar militia so there's there's some drums there the fc of localist primary and leader mikhail victor wrote a Reddit AAR that's fairly factual and and accurate, so that's something to look up for. Look up. Alright, yeah. No, that's good. We have had him on the show, too, to talk about faction warfare, so lots of... I feel like the faction warfare world is large, yet small. It was a, but yeah, it was a nice little 120 billionist fight. My, my dread warped out, so I'm happy. That's funny. Yeah, so so there's stuff going on in Mimitar Amar, but just not like the, the current Triglavian lore stuff. At least not yet. Dun dun dun. Yeah. 
And Gerg, do, would you like a chance? So if we're going to shift gears, unless anyone else has any other thoughts, we can talk about Black Frog. Yeah. A few days ago, Black Frog lost a, a Nomad Jump Freighter, which is very rare. So most of the time when people get hired for Black Frog, it's people who've already have a proven track record of knowing how to use a Jump Freighter so that they can make sure that they almost always get things to where they need to go. So I decided to look through the the 62 jump freighters that they've lost over the years. That's 62s starting in 2011, which is pretty low considering what they do. And I found that more than half of those losses were from just three different groups. All right, so... When looking at, so I know you're talking about the history, but with this specific jump freighter that Nick's showing on screen with Sonya, so was this just like a, because you said they're supposed to have experience, so is this a rookie mistake, or is this maybe they just got super unfortunate? I I don't know what happened. I, From what I heard, this guy might have just had some disconnection issue with where he got caught before the game warped him off or something. I don't uh, Or some small issue like that. That's it. I'm, I wasn't there, so I can't tell you exactly what happened, but that's the kind of thing that it sounded like to me. Okay. No, well, that's fine. And yeah, I mean, I guess literally nothing in the game can protect you when you disconnect. So that's that's super unfortunate. But yeah, I don't know if you want to go through Black Frog's history. I know I feel like I always knew who Black Frog was. Like whenever I wanted to move stuff, people were like, "Oh, just use Black Frog, Red Frog," and I'm like, "Okay, like that was just the name people use." Yeah, Red Frog. I've known about them. I heard about them even before I started playing Eve, and then sometime after I started playing Eve, I found out that they had a jump freighter service, Black Frog, which made sense to me that. They would have something like that. Yeah. For those who aren't aware, Red Frog Freight and Push Industries are the two largest groups that specialize in handling freighter contracts through HiSec, and they both they both do some other stuff in low sec and null sec with smaller ships and jump freighters. So so Red Frog has their jump freighter stuff. In a sep- in a completely separate corporation, and that is what Black Frog is. Was Black Frog low sec then? Low sec, high sec. Black Frog is jump freighters to NPC stations and player structures that have a specific agreement with Red Frog to that they know that those will be they'll be able to dock in those and tether in those structures so does that include nullsec then yeah a oh. couple of years ago when a co- some of my corp mates were renting moons in geminate a couple of years ago we saw that other people who had moons in the same system got black frog to handle their logistics Okay, and so, but they've only lost for what, like over ten years. Only sixty-two jump freighters have been lost. Yeah, that's, that's pretty solid. low considering what they do. 
Yeah, like, that's, like, nothing. And so I'm reading through the notes, and you're talking about, like, some of them are suicide ganging multiboxers. Yeah, 16 are two groups of suicide ganging multiboxers. Jason Cusion, who has been with, he has his, he's affiliated with Goonswarm, but he's mostly known for doing stuff separately. He's had characters in code for a while, up at times. And there was another code-affiliated multiboxer as well. Yeah, because I I recognize that name because I think he streams too. Like he shows like how you can multibox without like doing anything. I think all yeah, he, he, he once showed off how he cycles through his clients as fast as yeah. he does in response to allegations that he was input broadcasting. He showed people what he does that. It was not input broadcasting. Yeah. All right. So the so suicide inkers, then the next one's snuff. Yeah, snuffed out. A lot of them were either snuffed out, the alliance specifically, or well, this new one was a snuffed out members alt alliance, and or or various groups that have connections to snuffed out, like for example, Pen is out. They disbanded, but before they disbanded, they were friendly. Well, as they weren't, I don't think they were officially blue, but they often worked together and they, a lot of their members joined Snuffed Out when they disbanded. And Your Dunked isn't, they've killed a couple and they are the usual Lone Trek hot droppers, and a few of them are also have characters in Snuffed Out. And then Bastage Network, that corporation has appeared having killed a few of these jump freighters in various alliances. Although oh, they aren't currently in Snuffed Out, but they were not in Snuffed Out when, whenever they killed jump freighters that I saw okay. on this killed black frog jump freighters that i saw looking through this but i counted them as connected to snuffed out because they are currently in snuffed out yeah that would make sense like either really odd coincidence or has always been there yeah they've they are they they're long time low sec hot droppers who in the past year or so joined snuffed out moved from ivana to snuffed out I don't know if this is related, but I feel like since Into the Portal, there's been more attempts at ganking jump raiders because the Black Ops ships got that increased cloaked velocity bonus. And I, I see like Panthers cloaked on gates and all the jump raider warps to the gate after jumping in. The Panther tries to like MWD and cloak and then bump it off as it's moving really, really fast. Yeah, you do. You do yeah. see that a lot more jump of of black frogs jump freighters died in just the past couple of years than ever before. But yeah, I've I've definitely seen a lot more attempts at jump freighters since yeah the um, enter the portal update. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've n- I've heard of a lot more people trying to try hot dropping since the black ops changes. You don't even hot drop with it. You cloak off a gate. And when a jump freighter and a system where jump freighters jump in and warp to high sec. Yeah, and and I've, you, de- yeah. I've also definitely seen a lot of people 
using in war deck alliances using a panthers to gate camp high sec entrances oh to like like bump and eat them into narnia or just i i've just seen panthers on kill mills i haven't really yeah. i don't really go into high sec very often myself but i see on a lot of high sec jump freighter kill mills that are war decks i see panthers in entrance systems so yeah. something bumped uh, the jf off the gate and there was a panther on the kill mail yeah so that yeah. makes sense yeah panthers are like ideal because they're the fastest blobs you hit the cloak and your mwd well it's still cycling it's like 650 percent speed so you just like ram it <laughs> like super hard that's crazy. I didn't even think of that when when looking at some of this stuff. Then the last one, what about the last group, Gerg? The third the third group that it was Wrecking Crew. I saw two purple helmeted warriors jump freighter kills that were in systems that in derelict that people use frequently use for mids. I think one was Hothamo and and I forget what the other was, but there are a few systems that are frequently used for mids in Derelict. And traditionally, hot-dropping people passing through those systems has been a specialty of purple-helmeted warriors. And then I, there were four that were domain research and mining, which is also known as Arton, their alliance ticker, doing the same thing in Domain, which that's traditionally what they've done. And then if you go back a few years, the, you also see a few of the core members of Arton doing the same thing under a different alliance name in those same systems, which is a social club, I believe. Yep. So I even, even though that is... A, not one of the current Wrecking Crew alliances, since it's the same people as one of the core ones. I counted that as RC. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you're wrong, somebody will always tell us, right? Yeah, that's the best way to find out what ha what what the actual truth is. Just say something incorrect on the internet. Exactly. And then you're also talking about Vendetta Mercenaries. Yeah, Vendetta Mercenaries... <laughs> is the largest group other than these big three at a mercenaries and a few other high sec war deck groups, but more of them than any others. And they've, they killed three black frog jump freighters, but because of the war deck changes of three years ago, I, that's not possible anymore because Red Frog keeps their alliance war deck immune by not holding structures. It used to be that a common way for jump freighters to die was to be to be caught by war deckers, and any player, corporation, or alliance could be targeted by a war deck. But in 2019, they changed that to only include alliances that that own structures. Yeah, and I'm looking because I think you linked one of the kill or not the kill mails, the uh, the corpse and Z kill, and like it is insane. I did not realize they've like Red Frog has lost fifty thousand ships 
Well, that was wild to me. Like, how do you even do that? Well, if you look at Black Frog in particular, most of the their losses are Sino ships. Yeah, I did notice yeah, that. Indie Sinos. But yeah, it's like, oh, I guess it includes the pod too. But that's just wild. I said, I guess that makes sense though when you have a massive group for so long doing what they do. I mean, even if you have a small group for a long time, like Electus Matari's lost twenty one thousand ships. It's just old. It's that's tiny, so but it's many, old. right? And I'm that's like, just on Z kill. Yeah, that doesn't include everything off yeah. Z kill. Yeah. But yeah, like being old has numbers inflation right like numbers numbers get big over time yeah yeah but now that that was just interesting because i remember when you guys brought up black frog losing something and only 62 jump frays like that's like a really good record like if that's solely what you do and you've only lost 62 over the span of a decade that's pretty good like i've lost like a thousand times that because i fly because i fly solo pvp ships and i feed so yeah like it with the age of a group, like if you, if you have a few people in a, a corp and each of them loses, I get maybe thirty ships a year, which is probably pretty low for an active PvP group. That that'll add up over the years. I think my favorite part is if you look at Red Frog's kills. The second one is a freighter that they were webbing that got catalysted. Yeah, Red Frog. Red Frog does not allow people to PvP with any <laughs> right, yeah. any character in Red Frog. So they they have one hundred and forty one kills. All right, and most of those are by Our freighters. They were webbing yeah. that got ganked. <laughs> That's funny. I never thought about that. It's even better because some of them are solo kills. I think solo kill. There's. What is it? It's a Kestrel in the Abyss. <laughs> How to, all right. They killed an Atron and Derelict, apparently. Oh, I think it took it took station guns and they shot back. Yeah. That's funny. A red frog, new up and coming PvP alliance. Yeah. Alright, no, I just I just okay, thought it was one of the best freighter killers I've ever seen. Nick, Nick in chat is, is standing for them, like supporting them. They said they have a good record getting the stuff where it needs to be. And I, so, that's please, what I know. Please don't that. ban me from, from doing contracts, Red Frog. <laughs> I need you. Yeah, Red Frog, every, every time I've used them, they've gotten the stuff where it needed to go. Most I've mostly used them for consolidating my high-sec assets in Cheetah. I use Red Frog and push all the time. Yeah, I should use them, but my asset list makes people angry, so I keep it as it is. My asset list freezes the game when I open it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have right. random stuff all over the place, too, in, ver in various low-sec NPC stations. Yeah, that's how it goes. Just open my asset list, search Harbinger, Tranquility Crashes. Oh, no. Yeah, right. so I, I've mostly, when I'm moving stuff that it's small in low sec, I use PushX since they have more of a thing for 
blockade runners, but Red Frog yes, is what are. I use when I, I want stuff moved through high sec. Heck yeah. I'm I'm usually the same. There's been a couple of times when Push X had like a deal that made me use them in high sec, right? Like but generally the same, yeah. Yeah. Someone in chat with the dad jokes and their ganking group would be blinky red frog. Because you get the criminal timer. Flashy frog. I yeah. would be very concerned if any red frog character had a criminal timer. Especially one of the freighter pilots. So somebody has to make a gang group called Flashy Frog now. It like it's too good. Just do all like Revenge of the Freighters or all of them making their alts into this corp where all they do is gank no, other people. Gank with like haulers, like a bunch of like sigils. <laughs> right. You wait till catalysts lock you up and then you just like scram them and watch them die. Oh, I've I've tried to fly around with like a sigil that was just like PvP fit. Nobody ever shot me. The worst. Yeah, they a lot of these gankers, they will scan your yeah. fit to see how many ships they need to kill you. Yeah, yeah. So if you're flying a brick tank sigil, <laughs> they'll just not bother. That's cowards, dude. That's all I'm hearing. So if we wanna transition from the jump freighter discussion. I figured we'd have a little bit of talk there because I feel like, every, like I was saying when we started, everyone knows them, but they don't get talked about a lot, really. Probably a good thing for them. Yeah, they're 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 definitely pretty secretive. Like I don't blame them, especially if you want to convince people to that they you might be worth having on uh, Nullsec Alliance's docking ACLs. Yeah, well, that and if you're doing. Because Eve is all about trust, so when you're handing something over to a jump freighter service, like, unless you're expecting collateral, like, you know, you kind of have to have some element of trust there. So, I, I get it. I get why they don't want to talk. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I would use the example of Eden Trade. He runs a few market citadels around the various places. He has openly acknowledged being a member of Snuffed Out, and I... That's not the most popular alliance in the game, so I have a feeling that it would, if he ran a freight service instead of his market stuff, openly acknowledging that would be bad for business. Some people w wouldn't so, trust him to handle his whole freight, and others might. Who would you, uh, who would you say him. is the most popular alliance in the game? Signal Cartel. That is probably a pretty solid answer. Yeah. Red Frog, yeah. right? Or yeah. Red, or, yeah. Red Frog, Black Frog, Signal Cartel, the people Push, who like have yeah. a history of just helping each other. Yeah, that's... Everyone else has built up enemies over the years. Very true. Speaking of enemies, you guys want to talk about the war? Supposed war? There's a war going Which on. Which one? Um, there's a big Nullsec fight again. Oh, no war. Oh, you mean the one where... That the Imperium announced? Yeah, yeah. Imperium announced they're going to war. They moved. They're fighting a bunch of people who are deployed to defend fire. So fire's in like the southeast-ish. They've lived there for I don't know how long, because I feel like it's was going on since before the last war. Yeah, they've been there for a while. As long as I can remember. Yeah, and so I feel like the southeast has always been like Russian space, and the fire's Russians. And so then Imperium declared war. They moved a bunch of stuff. I think it was to 
catch. I want to say it was catch, but I could be wrong. I haven't really been following this because people announced there was a war and then like there's been like one battle report. And this was over UALX, which has yeah. obviously its history. It was over yeah, the Imperium deployed to the GE attack Keepstar that used to be Brave's staging Keepstar. They Brave sold it to, I think, Army of Mango when they moved up north. And then Army of Mango inexplicably transferred it to to the Imperium for some stuff that resulted in that was a weird turn of events. Like uh. AOM, they s- said they were that they had a, made an agreement to join the Imperium, and the Imperium immediately, after accepting a couple of structure transfers, said that they were being kicked, and then Ranger Regiment was also being kicked for working with them. That was weird. I don't understand what happened sounds super weird but the long story short is imperium moved to catch g and catch there are, I think yeah. there's two g's in catch but g tech eight jv the brave old brave staging yeah brave staging in most recent time they lived in catch and many years ago which is why if you look at a bunch of a lot of the people who are old PL guys. They have a large number of kills in that system because it was Braves staging back then too. Because PL likes to pick on the little guys, picking on some newbies. All right, so we got there's the battle report from when was this? It says three days ago. Is there a date? Oh, there it is. It's 24th. So yeah, it was that Thursday night. Yeah, so it would have been U.S. time zone Thursday night. Everyone else Friday morning. Big fight over an iHub. Yeah, the Imperium attempted to get the initial reinforce on the UALX iHub. A lot of people remember UALX because that was, what, 2018? That was that big fight. Thankfully, it sounded like this fight went a lot better with, with what you call with tie-dye and just fleet enforcements and stuff. I don't think it was a big super cat fight, though, based on this BR. But there Yeah, were there were... Uh, the Imperium was... Uh, trying to bring in a, a lot of Sino ships at the beginning. And then I, as a guardian, was repairing a few Sino inhibitors. So it definitely looked like the Imperium was trying to drop supers but at the beginning, but they were not able to do that. And okay. after a while, I stopped seeing Imperium Sino ships coming through the gate. Okay, and then someone in chat, Alien, says, Catch was to stop the anchored fraternity structures on their way to the current conflict with Pappy. Conveniently on the route. Yeah, that is the Imperium. What there's, they're sta- officially stated what the, what's going on. Why would fraternity go through Pravi space and not Panfam space? The, well, ch- the Chinese portion of Winter Coalition has been deployed against... Dracaris, which is a Chinese Imperium Alliance. They former GOTG Alliance, which after that coalition collapsed, it, most of them either well, Darkness merged into the initiative and the rest mostly joined the Imperium separately. Yeah. 
I mean, I makes sense that Chinese one side would fight Chinese other side because otherwise you're fighting outside your time zone. But yeah. What are they going to nerf time zones? I mean, people want time zones to be nerfed, but it's like I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. when I have to work in the morning to fight it. No, we just have to. We just have to make the Earth flat. Just make it all one time zone. You just got to make the Earth flat, yeah. Or just have people make it all one time zone, and if it's night, it's night. Well, that's kind of one of the things that gave Serenity a different character from Tranquility, that people were all in the same time zone. Yeah, that must be weird. I wonder if there's, like, a different faction of people who are like, yeah, I'm in school, so therefore summers, I'm every time zone, or like, hey, I'm retired, so therefore I don't have to go to work so I can play whenever I want. There's, there's always, like, the big, like... NA versus EU group fight energy where like you just keep reinforcing each other's structures and not showing for like seven months and then like exactly. and then like somebody gets killed by somebody else. Yeah, that's how it goes. It's also really fun though, I will say, having multiple time zones is great when you have these big fights that kick off like early EU. And then you just watch the world as people have to go to work and then come home and then they draw in reinforcements. When you have these massive fights, stuff like that is actually really fun. Or, or like things like faction warfare sieges where you need 24-hour coverage or like background yeah. invasions where you need a 24-hour coverage and you worked in shifts. Yeah, it's kind of wholesome watching the world work together for really Yeah, I think games. the time zone thing is one of the coolest parts of how EVE works. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a comment in chat by Nick. He says it's a boredom war or manufactured content war, nothing serious at stake. As far as I'm aware, unless you're living in the war zone. So I know we have LB in chat. I think his group used to live in the war zone. If they, if not, they probably still do. And then also like fire. I think fire is the only place who has like their homeland under attack. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. My, my, like my alliance is down there. It's just content for us. Yeah. PanFam deployed to protect fire which was being invaded by the imperium so you see the deployed panfem groups which are like nc pl and uh, hordes sig bean foreign legion formed an eos fleet for this fight and then you also see an another horde fleet came up from home space in munins yeah and then Fire formed a Cerberus fleet. And then Imperium, they formed mainly an Eagle fleet and a Cerberus fleet and a Dracaris Munin fleet, which was, I guess, I guess because of the language issue, since they're mainly Chinese, they formed a separate fleet from the rest of the Imperium. Yeah, that would make sense. Sometimes it's also nice to have multiple fleets if you need to reposition rather than one giant blob. Kind of makes me sad, though. There's a lot of hacks on here when it's like we're trying to get rid of the hack meta or stop doing the hack meta. Yeah, so we've been hearing a few places that the reason why the Imperium stopped at attempting to reinforce the, the iHub after four hours was because they actually ran out of eagles in their staging keep starting catch. They, well, that's not good. I mean, it, it is the beginning of a deployment. I remember at the beginning of the big, the big war of 
back in July of 2020, I was in Horde and there were a few supply issues just in the first few days before the, the stagings were fully stocked and when we were mostly just relying on the ships that we brought. Yeah, logistics is a huge thing. With, like, logistics as in, like, the... Moving crap. Yeah, moving stuff and building stuff, not the healer ships. But that's huge with a lot of this, these wars and whatnot. I, not even just wars, though. Like, even during peacetime. Like, not being able to move stuff around or get supplies where you need is a huge detriment. Yeah, so the first few days of a big deployment like this uh, are a bit awkward for getting reshipped before everyone else everyone's ships uh, the well the people who are seeding the reships get everything there that can take a few more days yeah i'll be in chat saying they should have hired black frog to stock the staging i mean hey dude it's a strategy if it works it works no shame oh also call out to you gerg fire was pushing across the south towards imperium space so yeah i remember that was Obi's group, because they were trying to take up so much, so many regions. Because they live in, I want to say Impasse or Inn's mother, but I don't actually know if that's accurate. But they were moving westish. Yeah, Elby's group is Red Menace Coalition. They live in, I forget what region, but somewhere down south. Yeah. Uh, the after the war, the south, the southern regions were occupied mainly by Imperium, Wrecking Crew, and Red Menace Coalition. RMC is, I think, well, LB's Alliance. What could go wrong? It's Red Alliance and a couple of others. I think Evictus and Army of Mango were in there. And if I recall correctly, Sorry in Advance, which was one of the alliances in the final year of Pravi Block, is in there too. That was, they have a lot of Canadians and their leader was one of the CSM candidates. Okay. No. So war kicking off. We at least have had one good fight. I think I'm assuming it's a good fight. I haven't heard people say it was a terrible fight. Yeah, I, I was flying a guardian. I enjoyed it. Nice, that's good. So we may see more, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we'll see like the return of UALX is like the big bloody battleground for a big Titan fight. I feel like if we want to talk about this more, we should probably get some like. I want to say leadership. Leadership is probably the wrong word, but some people who have come to the, or made some of the decisions. Which we definitely don't have unless Gerg or RCA you somehow made decisions in this war. Because I know I definitely didn't. I'm not involved in the wars, except for when they happen, I go down there and shoot both sides. If I was making decisions, I probably wouldn't be talking about them on talk shows. I'm, I prefer to be, in terms of alliance leadership, just some nobody who is, doesn't have to make these decisions. Yeah, it makes it easy. Because then you're just like, oh, no, man, I'm just here for the ride. That's always the best. And then you can also say you're unbiased because your bias is just, I like my alliance more than your alliance. Yeah, I'm definitely biased, but 
I don't have to be. I don't have to be one of the people doing anything important. The best part about when there's like a war and null is when you eat down there and you shoot somebody from one side and they accuse you of being from the other side. Then you jump to the next system, shoot somebody from the other side and get accused of being from the other side. Like the best, right? It's like I am a triple agent. Apparently they're like, oh, you're just an alt of so and so. And you're like, nope, I'm just here to shoot everyone. Like, how does it feel bending the knee to so and so? It's like, what? I shot it. I shot your like intosis Drake or something. <laughs> Ooh. So much fun. I don't know anything. I just work here exactly, Draken. All right. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts. We'll, we'll keep an eye on. So we have two things the faction warfare stuff going on. Keep an eye on that. And then this war in the South, which Nick has called the Boredom War. So if anyone takes that name, Nick gets credit. But, I don't know, but two things to watch. I don't know if anyone else has any other thoughts. I'm taking silence as a no, unless Nick is furiously typing to us, but I doubt it. But with that, we can do like final thoughts, and then we'll, we can head out for the day. I'll start with you, Gerg. What are your final thoughts? I guess that's all. I, I, one of the, I guess one of the interesting things about the UALX fight was because, that it mostly occurred on a, a gate grid. Like most of the big fights I've been on have occurred on structure grids, but this one was on a gate grid, which is somewhat unusual these days. It still happens from time to time, but they're less common than structure grids now. Yeah, for sure. And there were a few structures on that, but I'm assuming that's from people accidentally warping their stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, the biggest portion of the fight was on a gate grid. The battle report that was linked covered a few systems where bits of fighting occurred, but the big part in UALX was gate grid stuff. Yeah. And then, Arcia, any thoughts from you? Any shout outs? I, I would urge people to, if you're not, pay, pay attention to the in world news as the articles come out. For a long time, there's been hints of things you could figure out or find or all sorts of like interesting tidbits and information as to what was come, what will come in the news. And I think at no time has that been more true than right now. So yeah, I just urge people to watch, uh, read the news, stay up to date. Very true. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Arcia, and thank you, Gerg, for joining us in Opining. And thank you, Nick, our invisible man in the background, pushing all the buttons and making sure people can hear us. And then thank you, chat. Thank you for your questions and participation, especially during the lore bit. I saw you guys were super chatty then. We should be around next weekend. I would think I'm free, so I should be here. It will be a holiday weekend, so if you miss it, no worries. And then we may either push it forward or postpone it, depending on people's availability because real life obviously always comes first i should say holiday weekend for those in the united states sorry sorry to the rest of y'all for potentially not having a holiday except those in canada we get it a few days before so thank you all 